The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. This is the show that brings you a psychological perspective on common and current life issues. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Hi, thanks for joining me again on Psych Up Live. Today we are asking the question, who's mothering the mothers? Across time and cultures and against the backdrop of medical, social, and economic challenges, mothers face a lot and give a lot. Whether new mothers, working mothers, single mothers, or grandmothers, most could benefit from some of that powerful support and care they offer. This show presents a program that does just that. In this show, Dr. Sonia Luther, founder and executive director of AC Groups, a nonprofit that fosters resilience and well-being, will describe the Authentic Connection Group program, which has been empirically validated several times and featured on national media, including PBS. Dr. Luther is a professor emerita at Columbia University's Teacher College. She's former faculty of the Department of Psychiatry and the Child Study Center at Yale. She's the recipient of many awards and has recently been asked to present to the Biden-Harris Task Force. Also joining us today is Dr. Jewel Kling, an associate professor of medicine, chair of the Division of Women's Health Internal Medicine, and assistant director of the Women's Health Center, and associate chair of equity, inclusion, and diversity for the Department of Medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. Dr. Kling will speak personally and professionally on women's needs across the spectrum and what interventions could make a difference. She's not only a mother, she's a professional. Our third guest, also a mother and professional, is Joanna Collard. She's the director of counseling at the prep school Northfield Mountain Herman. That's a school for 9th to 12th graders. But she's worked for 20 years in the field of mental health with families, children, adolescents. She's going to share her professional perspective on authentic groups as well as her experience in authentic connection groups. Dr. Sonia Luther, Dr. Jewel King, and Joanna Collard, it is my privilege to welcome you today to Psych Up Live. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. Let's start, uh, Dr. Luther, with the question, what are authentic connection groups? Is this, how different is this from having lunch with friends? <laughs> Not quite. Um, these are groups that are meant to ensure that women, people who support many others, get the same kind of support themselves. It is not quite a casual lunch. It's, a, as you said, empirically validated three-month program, one hour per week, and with specific topics for each session. But the overall goal is I, I started this whole thing uh, in response to, again, something you said, the sometimes rhetorical question, well, who mothers mommy? For too many women, the answer, too many moms, the answer is, well, nobody is certainly not, no, not anybody on a regular basis. So the idea was for people like all three of you on this call, you're all in uh, helping professions to make sure that you get back 
some of that kindness and gentleness and, and love, basically, that you put out routinely on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. So in an authentic connection group, how many members belong to a group, Dr. Luther, and what exactly happens in a group in terms of what do they talk about? So there are maximum of six, usually five or six people in a group, and that's the optimal number in terms of uh, letting have everyone have enough time to speak about whatever the topic of the day is. And the topics uh, are all around relationships. See, in resilience research, which I've been doing for the last 30, 40 years, there's one take-home message, which is resilience rests fundamentally on relationships. Now, if that's the case, it makes sense that we build up and bolster relationships. So this whole intervention, this whole program, all 12 sessions are around topics or themes that have to do with relationships and that we, uh, in our normal lives, quote, normal lives, don't really get around to talking about perhaps as much as we could or should be. So examples are things like obstacles to reaching out for help or anger and the emotions underlying it feelings of shame as opposed to self-compassion, um, guilt. Uh, these, uh, 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 all of these are examples of topics that uh, have to do with how we build our relationships in healthy ways. And here's what happens is the six women in the group, let's say we're talking about anger today and what underlies it, which is usually, let's say, hurt or fearfulness or, or grief. Uh, what, whatever we say in the group, you have to go home and talk about with what we call your go-to person. So early in the program, everybody in the group uh, begins to identify one or two people with whom they feel safe. Not necessarily that close yet, we'll get there, but at least they feel safe. And the idea is that whatever we talk about in the group, you go back and talk about with your go-to person every week. So this is a mutual thing. You share your perspective and uh, they share theirs. So what happens over time is you have these relationships becoming cemented, crystallized, very solid ones, both within the group and outside for all the group members with their own respective go-to people outside. So in other words, if I'm a member, somehow I would explain to my go-to person, I'm part of a group now and I'm being supported and I'm learning about relationships and resilience and will you be my go-to person? Does it happen that way? Sonia? It does. You know, it's interesting you should put it like that because oftentimes I'll hear people saying, especially, again, people like you folks who've been around or in important positions and so on, or myself, it's hard to say, will you be my best friend? So what I tell people is, you know what, tell them you're in this program, which is true, which is meant for women, which is true, and mothers. In your, in your job situation, for example, and say, hey, this is the homework I've got. I normally wouldn't have said this, but I signed up for this thing, and this is what I'm supposed to do, so will you be my go-to person? And the beauty is, once they do that, to a person, they all come back and say, my person responded saying, I'd be delighted, I'd be honored to do that. Okay, wow, very, very good. So let's just move on. We're going to come back to even more of it, and we're going to be role-playing this in our second segment. Dr. Kling, you spend so much time with women in terms of their medical needs, and I, I love your position as chair of equity, inclusion, and diversity. What do you see out there in terms of women's needs, and how do, do the authentic connection groups serve as a possible answer? 
Yeah, this is such an important question. Um, and and really, it has been raised to the top of our agenda as we've kind of all navigated through a pandemic where we see that women have been disproportionately impacted, particularly um, mothers. Um, as it, they've had to, you know, end their careers early or make other adjustments to prioritize their family or their loved ones. Um, and so I think that's really what we're seeing is women, uh, what they've really done historically is put everybody um, ahead of themselves. And one of the uh, more powerful um, moments from uh, authentic connections uh, for myself and colleagues that had joined um, was that realization that the only way we can truly take care of other people is if we take care of ourselves first. <laughs> that seems so straightforward, but until you really understand that, which Dr. Luther and her, her research and work um, so elegantly and, um, and beautifully communicate to, to us that you can start that work of how you prioritize yourself um, with really building authentic connections. Um, and so I think more than any time, you know, coming out of this COVID pandemic, I'd say coming out, but I know we're still, um, you know, facing many complications from it, um, finding ways to prioritize um, ourselves and build those authentic connections are so important. You know, I, I love what you're saying in terms of we not only don't prioritize, I don't think we know how to. And maybe that's one mm -hmm. of the values of the authentic you know, connection groups that we're all in the same spot and we know how to do it, but we don't know how to do it for ourselves. So I'm, I'm really loving what you just shared. Now, Joanna Collard, um, you have been also both a professional and a participant in the authentic connection groups. Um, may I ask you, what made you decide to join? Yeah, so um, so Dr. Luther Sunia, um, her research has been focused on, um, a part of her research has been focused on high-achieving youth. And our school, North Fremont Herman, which is a boarding school in Western Mass, um, had been working with her um, in collaboration around her research. And from what we understood from the research, um, that... Um, for the caregivers to be seen and loved for who they are, they're able to then give that to the students. And so I worked in collaboration with her to bring the authentic connections groups to our school to work with faculty. And I, I volunteered in fall of 2017 to be one of the first group members. And I was really drawn to it because it just made sense. You know, I mean, Sunia's work is, Dr. Luther's work is so, is really based on love you know, the power of love and power of connection. And um, that really actually became a theme for our group. We had five faculty members who joined, all women, who were all go-to people in the community who cared a lot for students, who care a lot for students and give a lot to them. And we got to be in this group for three months together where we got to receive love from each other and from people that we then found in our communities to support us as well. And we came to coin it um, our blanket of love. And um, I'm forever grateful for that beginning with this group. You know, you give, you give our listeners a great example of authentic connection groups as a form of care of the caregiver in a school setting. It could be in a medical setting. 
um, in, in, in many other situations where the caregivers know each other, they know they're all struggling, but they can't quite translate it into an answer for them. And it's, it's, were people very eager to join, Joanna, or did you have to really convince them? Well, when I presented it to the faculty, there were so many people interested. Um, and, you know, we had to select just five or six to start. Um, but, yeah, it made sense. And, you know, a boarding school is like its own closed community. A lot of the adults live there as well as the students. And it's really a sort of a village mentality around supporting these students sort of moving through their high school years. And I think that, you know, that village mentality really transferred to the faculty of wanting to support each other, too, and to get support from each other and to be known differently in a way where they're really known, you know, um, on a deeper level by each other. So let me go. Thank you so much. Let me go back to you, Sonia, for a minute. And that is, is it usually the case that they are groups that are, exist already as a faculty or a medical group? Or are most authentic connection groups groups of women who are similar in some way? Is there a um, a way that a woman would find out if she could be in a homogeneous group? How does that work? Yeah, so there are two ways in which people people come into the groups. Um, I should add that both Jewel and Joanna were like founding members of authentic connections groups almost uh, at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona and Northfield, Mount Hermon in Massachusetts. So I just want to acknowledge that they that they did a huge service to me personally and to the groups. So one way people sign up is that the institution is interested for uh, whatever reasons, uh, turnover, burnout, to help women, people in general. And that's how both Mayo and NMH did this. But you're also able to sign up directly on our website and say, well, okay, I'm interested. I'm 64 years old and I'm a grandma. I retired recently and I feel a bit sort of at loose ends. And we connect people as best as we can with similar demographics from now across the country. When Jewel and Joanna both did their groups, they were in person. And uh, one of our scientific papers, fortuitously, before COVID was on virtual groups. So we had the evidence even before COVID. Now, at this point, we're running all our groups virtually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and for you, Dr. Kling, was it the case that everyone in the group were medical folks? Yes, um, everybody in our group um, were either physicians or advanced practitioners, um, all at our institution, although one of the things that was really nice about the group is it was um, women from different divisions, so people that we didn't necessarily interact with on a regular basis, and that can be a little intimidating coming into a group where you know you're going to be you know, going through a journey and doing some processing. Um, but it was so uh, refreshing and validating to hear from other women professionals that they were experiencing very similar things that I was, um, even though we weren't in the same, say, workspace on a daily basis. What women find, whatever the setting, is that they have substantive validation. They know about certain things as mothers and as professionals that you can only know by being someone like that or being mothers of uh, third graders, or whatever that happens to be. That's the power of the bonding of, this, of the situation. Um, we're going to, I want our listeners to know that we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, 
Dr. Sonia Luther is going to lead us, the three of us, as if we are in a uh, authentic connection group. We'll all be role-playing characters, and she'll give us the topic, and we want so much for you to hear the nature of the discourse and what it's like to be inside one of these groups. Of course, we don't have that much time, but I very much want you to know that this isn't just something you can read about. It's something you can get a feel for, and it may be something you can bring into your own work setting or your own group of friends. We're going to talk about whether that's a possibility, but mostly I want you to hear what the process is like. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're here speaking with Dr. Sonia Luther, Dr. Jewel Kling, and Joanna Collard. They are, all have had experience with authentic connection groups. We're going to role play a group in our next segment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Dr. Sonia Lutha, Dr. Jewel Kling, and Joanna Collard. And we are excited to be speaking about authentic connection groups. What we're actually going to do in this segment is give you an insider glimpse into an authentic connection group. Dr. 
Sonia is going to lead the group, and we are each going to play a role. I am going to be the working mother of twin eight-year-old boys. I'm a single mother. And I'm going to be um, a mother of a struggling teenager with aging parents. And Jewel? Yep, I'm going to be a, a physician um, with two young kids at home just starting her career. Okay, Sonia. Uh, I guess I'm 59 years old with grown children, and I work um, in a couple of research as well as doing these groups, and I, I love them. Okay. Uh, is, is it mine now? Yes. As our leader today, what is our topic? Set the stage for our listeners and for us as the members of the group. Well, good evening, y'all. It's so good to see you again. I hope you didn't have too much trouble getting on. I know we're all getting used to this Zoom stuff. Um, anything to report? Anyone have anything major to report from last time? Um, if not, we go on. If yes, please let me know. This is um, Suzanne. I'm in the same position I was last week. Um, once again, um, I could not find someone to come take care of the boys. Um, so I was having a very hard time getting on the Zoom call in the bedroom while the boys were supposed to be on their school call in the kitchen. The stress of it is overwhelming to me. I Finally, a neighbor came in. That's how bad it got. I, I'm so dreadfully sorry. I'm just listening to you and envisioning uh, what must have been going through your head and your heart. And just the anxiety of how do I get past this and get to something I'm really looking forward to. I'm so sorry that you had that experience and very, very, very happy that you managed to make it, Suzanne, you're with us uh, today. Uh, Jules, Joanna, anything you'd like to report from last week? Hmm? I have no updates. This is Jewel. Okay. Um, right. I can give the yeah. I can give the update that I did reach out, um, as I said that I would to a go-to person and got some support, and it felt really good. Excellent. Who, who was this, and what happened? Tell us a bit more. Yeah, it was a a neighbor who we've sort of we've been talking sometimes as we walk, you know, sort of walk past each other. We we both have our morning walks around the same time, and and we've been chatting more over the past you know, few months and, um, you know, I asked her if she would be a go-to person for me and she said yes. And we had, we decided to walk together this week, um, and plan our walk together. And it was, it was really nice for me. Lovely. Now, when she said yes, was there a reaction that you could sense as in feelings behind it? Yeah, I think she seemed kind of surprised and also honored. Like I, that was that was really warm, heartwarming for me because I felt really nervous uh, about asking and wasn't sure what she'd say. Um, and she kind of said, "Gosh, I I'd love to be that, and I also have really loved seeing you when we when we passed, you know, cross paths on the street." And I'm glad now that we can have these walks together. So it seemed like it would be a nice thing for her too, which felt really good. Excellent. So I'm delighted. And by the end of our 12 months, you know what? All of you are going to have your go-to people in place and secure so that it'll be, as Joanna said, your blanket of love to which you can go at any time, whether it's to celebrate good things that's happened to any of you or all of you or to at times of need and challenges that you refer to, to come together and 
You know, you've heard me say this more than once. Good psychotherapy helps, but nothing heals like life, like love in real life. And that's what you all are giving to each other and exchanging with your go-tos. And that's what makes it so, as far as I'm concerned, magical and powerful as an experience. It's just real people coming together with real love and keeping it that way. So that said, I'd like us to go to a a topic today that's a bit um, difficult, if you will, and and that is about what's called the contagion of stress. Uh, You all know you're all moms uh, and you're all very empathic people. What happens when your child is in pain or of some sort or someone else is in pain of some sort and you want very much to ease that? but are simply not in a position to are able to do that. I, that that's the contagion of stress. I'd like you very much to please think about some such time. You don't have to go into something very deep or traumatic. That's not what we do here. We don't let anyone leave feeling raw, okay? So rest assured, you just have to go someplace where you felt, here's this person whom I adore in so much pain, and I can't fix it. Tell me about that, and what happened, and how you felt. Starting with anyone who want to go first, should we go alphabetically? Joanna? Sure, I'll go first. I'm just thinking about um, my daughter. Um, she's been having such a rough time, and, um, you know, I know we've been talking about this, but there are just times where she just really shuts me out, like, you know, slams the door and doesn't want to talk, and I... I know she's struggling and I want to help her and I'm also struggling in not being able to. And it just was so painful this week. Like I just felt so um, powerless and scared and um, just really wanting to be able to connect with her. Mm. I, I, I hear you. The helplessness is probably one of the worst things that you, you want so much to reach out and and as you said, the fearfulness about how are we going to get past this point. I, I understand that I'm sorry that she was there. Hopefully we're going to get to a place where things get a little easier in terms of her being able to convey to you and, and, and you'll be thus being able to respond to her. Jewel, how about you? Yeah, um, this question makes me instantly just think about my profession as a physician where my whole duty to my patients is to help them. Um, and I can think of a couple of even just recent scenarios where I had to deliver really bad news to people or even just news of something that couldn't be fixed, you know, recognizing that they may be living with chronic pain or a, a, a cancer, a malignancy, um, and how that just tears you up, tears me up inside where um, I want to to treat and cure them and may not be able to, and how to come to peace with the fact that, um, you know, I I can't cure everybody and there may be other ways that I can help them out. Well, my, uh, it's heartbreaking to hear you use that expression that uh, tears me up inside. There you are with your packed schedule, doing as much as you are and struggling with this inside of uh, uh, what a big thing to carry around. So uh, what did you do with that? I'm curious when you, the last time this happened with you, um, what did you do with that feeling of being so torn up inside? 
Yeah, I think that's probably something I continue to work on. Um, but you bring up a good point. You know, you get through one visit or you have all of that, and then you have to go into another room to be there for somebody else. Um, and in between, you're interacting with nurses and other parts of the healthcare team. Um, and I think having the ability to just take a deep breath um, and maybe set some boundaries or put it somewhere else in my brain that I can come back to um, and all the time trying just to be genuine and letting people know that I really care about them because I do. Mm-hmm. Tough job indeed. Switching from the same back to Dr. Kling professional and back and forth again. In the Suzanne, you were saying? Well, I really, you know, I, Julie, I, I really... I didn't even ever think of that in terms of physicians. You know, when you're the patient, you don't even think of that. But when you said you took a breath, I thought, did it really help? Because what what my my contagion yeah. piece? I mean, did it help, Jill? When you take a breath, maybe maybe it's maybe it's more so than the breath. But just taking a moment to acknowledge the feeling and taking a second as opposed to just rushing to the next thing. So in, in that regard, it did. Mm. You know, I could also relate to you, uh, Joanna, because every other weekend my twins have to go to their father. They hate going. They're crying. And when they cry, I cry. So... How could this work for them? I feel like I feel like my kids are every other weekend are somehow going to be scarred by the fact that they have to go with a man they don't really like. I don't think I, I don't think he's abusive, but they're bored. They want to be with their friends. I'll take any suggestions, but I mean, they see me upset. I feel bad about that too. They they see you upset as in you're in tears, or what happens? Yes, I, um, you know, I try to hide it, but, you know, he's beeping outside. They're saying, I don't want to go, Mommy. And a part mm-hmm. of me doesn't want them to go, but that's, you know, that's, you know, the legal arrangements. So um, they come back, they're okay, but every week I steal myself knowing mm-hmm. to go. Maybe you know, this, rem- this reminds me, Suzanne, of uh, something I think my grandmother said to my mother and she said to me, which is a mother feels her child's pain 10 times more acutely than the child, him or herself, feels. feels it. it's, it's one of those things about motherhood that we all know about ourselves and each other. And it's, it's motherhood, of course, is such a blessing and, and so gratifying, but there's no question that this is a pretty big toll that it takes in terms of our being so empathic with our kids uh, and feeling their pain so much. And speaking of empathy, I want to point to something that just happened over here, uh, Suzanne, as you were speaking. You spoke to Jewel and you acknowledged and said, hey, I've never thought of that, but that sounds like a tough thing to have to do is uh, switching on and off. And, and same with Joanna, you told her, what did you do there? You showed them your empathy and kindness. So there they are sitting in this room, and already in the first 10 minutes or so, you all have had this exchange of not only understanding what you're all, each of you is experiencing and sharing in that, but the kindness has already so, so beautifully and vividly come out. You know, in our groups, there is a, 
Joanna said blanket of love. There's a mantra, if you will, that I would like every person to walk away with, which is I feel seen and loved for the person I am at my core, which is essentially unconditional acceptance, which is essentially what we want our children to get from us and from other adults. So there it is. It sounds a little bit strange, perhaps, or certainly unusual. Who would think of this? 45, 50, 60-year-old, whatever, or brilliant person, physician, psychologist, whomever, needing that kind of unconditional love. Well, guess what? We all do. It doesn't matter how old you are, how successful you are, we all can be at that place of desperately, really, needing that and certainly taking it when it's there and using it and coming to like a bud and eventually into blossoming with that kind of love coming in regularly. So where I'm going with this is, I'm back to Joanna, what helps at times like this when there really is no good solution or practical solution, as in Suzanne's case, it's court mandated, has to happen. What's the answer? It's you go to your go-to people. They're sharing what's going on and having them mirror it back to you and basically, metaphorically, embracing you, holding you, comforting you. That is what we get. Is that, is that enough? Well, oftentimes it's what we have. As I said, we can't change the situation. But it does, as I think everybody in this room will vouch for, when you get that spontaneously from these people, it is so moving and does give you a little bit of hope and courage to get through the next time when you have to see the children leave uh, or give another patient some awfully bad news. So what about it? Do you think you could share your uh, these moments of great pain, empathic pain, with your go-to people? Could you each identify who that person might be, which go-to person you would go to? Well, I'm impressed that Joanna asked her walking partner. I'm a little nervous about asking somebody, but I'm going to try. She got a positive response. Maybe I will. I think we all are shy about this. I don't know anyone that can confidently walk in and say, hey, I'm sure you're going to want to be my go-to person. There's an excuse you give. You say, it's part of my group. I will not impose, except this is what the group is doing. Would you consider? Makes it just a little bit easier for those of us who are a bit shy about the sort of thing. Okay, guys. Cut. Great. We got to stop. We got to stop the role playing. <laughs> Wonderful. We're going to take a brief break and then we're going to come back. I want our listeners to know we're going to come back and debrief this and continue to talk about authentic connection groups. You've been listening to Psych Up Live and we're here with Dr. Sonia Luther, Dr. Joel, Jewel Kling, and Dr. and Joanna. Uh, Callard, we we just had a, a really special time doing the role playing. Stay with us. We're going to debrief this, and you'll hear more about authentic connection groups. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. 
Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Sonia Luther, and we are going to debrief the role-playing we just did with Authentic Connection Groups with Dr. Jewel Kling, Joanna Collard, and myself. So, let me start by asking, let me ask you, um, Sonia, how did we respond as a group compared to an authentic Group. <laughs> you responded authentically. That's funny, yes. Um, yeah. Pretty much as people do, I'll hand it over to Joel and Joanna to talk about, you know, their own feelings and how they felt relative to their own their own being in groups. Well, I mean one thing that really struck me, um, and I just you know, I'm sort of as I'm talking, I'm remembering sitting with that circle of women um, when we started and what it was like to sort of getting to, get to know each other's world sort of outside of our professional, just, just professional identities as a school. And um, one, th- one thing that I was struck by in this role play is that we did find a common bond around, there was like this filament, that there, there, was a, there was a connection amongst all of us around sort of th- sitting with things that were really beyond our control, you know, in terms of other people's distress and how, how, um, you know, coming together around how we handled that. And, um, but like that commonality of that, we all have this experience. And I think there's sort of that we don't get to always share that, you know, like that kind of vulnerability that happens in a group setting where people, and I don't know if you felt that jewel, but. uh, Yeah. Joanna, you took the words right out of my mouth. And it's, so incredible that on a role play where all of us are joining from other states and different time zones that 
um, I felt very similar, like I was taken back to that place where I had my authentic connection group. Um, and that might be a testament to Dr. Luther's incredible skills, but also the, the program itself and um, feeling safe in that vulnerability um, is, is so important. Yeah. The, the idea, the idea, even as I was role playing, because I've heard so many single moms struggle so much through COVID and the Zoom situation, the fact that somebody has a safe place to bring this mm-hmm. is a, a real gift. And the fact that when people are startled, like my my character is startled that that a, that a physician would have stress, you know, or or other mothers would have stress. And, you know, um, Joanna, you represented the sandwich generation between, you know, an uh, aging mother and a little, and a little one. So um, it, it really did give a, a kind of real glimpse into there's a place to go. And um, Sonia, you really pull different perspectives and feelings together um, as, as a very active um, leader. How would you say that this differs from a psychotherapy group? Hmm. Well, number one, it's pretty directive. There are session topics that we go through. Number two, we don't go back to your past and your individual individual people's histories and traumas and address those. We stick to the topics that are in the group. We'll talk about what's happening in your everyday life, but we don't go digging up the past. In fact, you heard me say, we don't want to bring anything that's awfully raw in here. We don't want anyone feeling raw, leaving, leaving the room feeling raw. So aside from that, though, confidentiality is paramount. Everybody knows right from the get-go. Uh, you can say what happened or t- what you talked about, but never who said what or even who's in the group unless people choose to disclose that. So there's that commonality. Also, I would say, uh, Suzanne, I don't know what psychotherapy you learned I didn't learn any psychotherapy that says, you know what, work the active ingredient here is simply love. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I'm a, I've been a psychotherapist for, for over 40 years, so there's a lot of elements in this that are is like psychotherapy. But one thing that is very different is the go-to person, the beauty mm-hmm. of feeling safe, sharing, and then taking it to the outside is a very valuable step. Um, if, if I may, that's such an important point because really, Suzanne, you want the therapist or facilitator in this case to become superfluous. By the end of three months, these people don't need you because they've got each other. Yes, yes. I, I wondered, Jewel, who did you go to for your, was it easy to, for you to go to and go, find your go-to person? Yeah, um, I, I had a mix of people I reached out to, some within medicine and some outside of it. Um, And I think similar to Joanna's experience, or even maybe this is her experience in her role play, like asking people um, was very um, almost surprised by their responsiveness and and interest. And then it did become reciprocal and continues even since our authentic connections group. Um, I think it was easier that, at that time, especially because I was just starting off in my career to go to people outside of medicine. And I think probably all of us experience this in our careers, this like need to present yourself as always together that you don't need help. Um, but I, it was 
fantastic once I did with other colleagues to see that they were going through the same thing I was. Mm, That's great. You know, the topic that we did, the contagion of anxiety or stress, is a very important one, really, to underscore the importance of the Authentic Connection group, because people are afraid they're going to contaminate other people with their stuff. But here, you're not afraid of that, because it's it's something that's supposed to happen, and you're not afraid to share with your go-to person. So the permission that the structure of this program allows, I think, is extremely therapeutic, actually, and very much builds on the resilience of feeling entitled to share. Mm-hmm. I'd venture to say more than just permission, Suzanne. It's also you're, you're accountable for it. So it's not just you have permission to reach out to your people. Next week, when you come to group, you're going to be asked, so what happened? in your conversation with your go-to. And that's a very big deal for people who are as busy as you all are or, uh, to say, right, now I have this to do, like my homework, but, and it eventually becomes enjoyable, something they look forward to. So it's both the permission, but also, if I didn't have this, I'm not sure I would be doing this much outreach to people who love me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Joanna, I wanted to ask, um, how did your group end up impacting the whole school community? I know that's something. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, so, um, well, in and of itself, our connection amongst each other, you know, sort of ripples out in terms of us being supportive to each other and then being more available to support others. Um, In terms of our work with with Dr. Luther and her research um, around go-to work, um, that is a phrase that really just caught on at North Philmont Herman and was something that we asked students to think about, like who are your go-to people and other adults um, to think about as well so that um, it's really become a value uh, in our community around supporting people, finding people who see them, um, whether it's students or adults. Um, Dr. Kling, I was wondering if authentic connection groups, is it, is it something that the medical community you think could incorporate on some sort of regular basis? for both the staff as well as people with a similar diagnosis? I I think it would be a great option, um, particularly because how it's set up with the idea that, you know, once you have your group up up and running and you've benefited from the program, that the benefit continues beyond that. So the resources would be, um, limited for the institution, but the benefit to the um, staff or physicians or patients would be unlimited. Yeah. So let me ask each of you, uh, in terms of what you want our listeners to know about your experience in authentic groups or authentic connection groups um, or how it is that they could find uh, an authentic connection group. Let, let me start by asking you, Joanna, what, in terms of your experience, what would you say to someone who's on the fence about it? Well, I would say, um, well, I can just say that, you know, the group that we started in, we still meet, you know, so we have still stayed connected over the past four or five years. And um, it's, it's improved my well-being at work exponentially, um, and as as, a, as and professionally, personally. So both ways, and I would just encourage folks to 
to consider um, getting connected and being a part of one of these groups that can really bring a lot of love into your life that you didn't know that was possible. Great. How about you, Jewel? I think going back to the whole purpose, um, really rooted in the, the research that Dr. Luther's done that um, prioritizing the mom, mothering the mom is important for um, our our kids' well-being. Um, and speaking from that and realizing that, um, I guess, I'd, I don't want to say that you should do this because that feels like it's a task, but here's this other opportunity um, where you're going to grow and have so much more love and support, but it's also going to have this ripple effect on your kids and your community and, in my case, your patients and your patient care. Nice, really nice. So, Dr. Luther, this is a remarkable program, and I want to thank all of you. Um, for what you're offering with Authentic Connection Groups. So, Dr. Luther, how could people contact you, organizations contact you? How can they find out about joining or starting Authentic Connection Groups? www.acgroups.org. Okay. Authentic Connections Groups.org. We can sign up there. And is there a take-home message that you'd like to share with our listeners, Dr. Luther? May I have two? Uh, here's one take-home message is, what, building on what uh, Dr. Kling was just saying, but people have been asking me recently, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Dr. Luther, you're talking about putting the oxygen, the oxygen mask thing. And I said, well, actually, it's not quite. It's not that you should put your mask on before you put on your child. It is. Make sure you have someone available for you to put on a mask for you, should you be gasping. And as, 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 as Dr. Taylor said, we've all gasped, certainly I have, in the last couple of years with all that's gone on. So really, this is not self-care. It's not do for yourself. Absolutely not. It is make sure that you prioritize being loved and held. That's one. The last thing I'll say is that there are skills, too. So there are handouts after each session. And basically coping skills and how we can incorporate them. So in addition to forging these beautiful relationships, we have these handouts that remind you about the skills that were acquired that day. And you hang on to those and refer to those too. Joanna, five years, I hadn't realized it's been that long. That's amazing. Okay. I want to thank you, Dr. Luther, Dr. Kling, Joanna Collard, for your work, for, for the way you shared personally today. This was a real gift to our listeners, and I think authentic connection groups are a real gift to mothers, as well as anyone who is providing care for others, and so many people are. This is a way to care for self in a very, very productive and valuable way. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast. This will be a podcast immediately after this show airs on my host site, my website, and all the podcast apps, iPhone, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple, Amazon. Remember to please be safe, take care, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be well and be listening.